Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Barag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Your time here on earth may not be long. The events of recent days and the overwhelming heaviness of discord around the world are bringing you closer to the end. But as Pastor J.D. will remind you today, you have another home waiting for you. When the time comes where Jesus says, enough, you get to be with him forever in heaven. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update, as shared on March 17, 2019. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, or AOC as she's known, slammed those expressing thoughts and prayers in a tweet saying, What good are your thoughts and prayers when they don't even keep the pews safe? This is so wrong on every level. And as you might imagine, this aroused vehement anger and vitriol coming from all sides, creating the perfect storm of politics, religion, and race. And I mean, it got really ugly. I have to say again that I was really taken back, especially when it was released that the shooter did a Facebook live video of the massacre and posted it, leaving the social media platform scrambling, trying to take it down. I mean, this is just evil. Well, wait a minute, Pastor, this was in a a mosque with Muslims, 49 people were killed, many more wounded. So uh, what's up with that? Well, the shooter posted a manifesto that states, and I quote, we kill to show the invaders that our lands will never be their lands, speaking of the Muslims, Our homelands are our own, and that as long as a, get this, white man still lives, they will never conquer our lands. So here's this self-proclaimed white nationalist, white supremacist, that goes into this mosque in Christchurch, of all places, New Zealand, and kills 49 Muslims. You'll forgive me for the bluntness with which I say this, but the demonic forces from the pit of hell know that there's not much time left to bring destruction and death. That's what's going on here. 
Our battle is not against flesh and blood. The enemy is not the Muslim. The Muslim is the mission field. And what Satan has done, and it comes from the pit of hell, is he has pitted, no pun intended, Muslim against Christian, Muslim against Jew, Democrat against Republican, liberal against conservative, right against left. And the destruction that ensues is unthinkable. Revelation 12, the second part of verse 12 says, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. He knows that he doesn't have much time. So he's revving things up. He's turning up the heat. I'll say it again. It's going to get much worse in the days ahead, which is why it is that absent the understanding of Bible prophecy, one can become hopeless, be given over to fear, be very unsettled, and even give in to despair. And this is why, as Christians, we need to know what God's Word says will happen at the time of the end before the Lord returns. And that's how I want to close. Instead of being troubled, instead of being unsettled, we can be settled in our hearts because this is exactly what Jesus said would happen. And it's also, again, a sign that our redemption draws ever so near. I don't fear what's going to happen to Israel, because I know God has a plan for Israel. What are you getting so worked up about? You know, I'm, I'm working on, and God is helping me, and my daughter is praying for me. I'm working on not yelling at the TV anymore. So I see that they've launched rockets from Gaza into Tel Aviv. And my first response is to get angry, especially when they deny it. We neither confirm nor deny that, you know, come on. (laughs) I really get worked up as an Arab when I hear this two-state solution, Jews and Palestinians, which is really Hitler's final solution repackaged. I really get upset, and the Lord just has to stop me and say, no, no, I, I told you exactly what was going to happen. And when it happens, when you see it beginning to happen, just, I mean, look up, because, and don't buy any more green bananas, because you're... <laughs> You're not going to be here that long. I'm I'm being silly, of course, but... Oh yeah, that's right. Again, I have to be reminded of that. Especially when it comes to America. Will you just indulge me for a couple of minutes here? Don't look at your watches, please. I love this country. My parents came to this country when I was nine months old 
fleeing the oppression of Islam in the 1960s to come to America. I love this country, but America is not my final destination. It's my current location, but it's not my final destination. And I have to remind myself of that when I see what is happening to this, the once most powerful and blessed nation on earth. And it's almost like God is just loosening my grip on this nation and reminding me that this too must come to pass because you're just passing through. This is not your home. Why is your heart so troubled? Why are you so worked up? This is not your final destination. This is not your home. Why are you holding on so tightly to this earth, this world, the things of this world? Let go. Yeah, but we need to pray for revival in America. Okay. Praise the Lord. If there's revival in America and America, you'll forgive me. Boy, I'm going to get a lot of email on this. If America is made great again, happy days are here again. Praise the Lord. But is that what your hope is in? Is that what you're holding on to? We need to get people in office. We need to pass laws. And I'm all for that. If God has called you into that, praise the Lord. But don't you want to go home? No, I'm, I'm asking. Again, just bear with me. I, I know I'm going over time. I know I never do that, but I'm, I'm going to do that. <laughs> I'm asking you, honestly. Don't you want to go home? So if my reasoning is correct, would you agree that if America is made, quote unquote, great again, and a powerful nation, and we are blessed, then doesn't that mean that maybe he's not coming as soon as I hoped he would so I could go home? What do you mean? Let me explain how I get there. And I'm going to get email on this to bring it on. Just bring it on. I do not find the United States of America in the pages of Bible prophecy. In other words, something has to happen to this great country in order to explain her conspicuous absence from Bible prophecy. My hope is that the rapture of the church before the seven-year tribulation guts out this nation, rendering the United States of America inconsequential. That would explain it, certainly, right? I'm good with that. I did have somebody suggest, and I think there's merit to it, and I'll share it. What if there is this 
maybe not a full-on revival, but maybe this final gathering and here in the United States of America prior to the rapture, and then the rapture takes place, and then all the Christians now are gone. The restrainer is gone. (laughs) Okay, where do I sign? (laughs) I'll take that. Praise the Lord for that. But here's the problem. Are we holding on to that? Because if our roots are dug down too deep in the soil of this world and the things of this world, then we're not wanting, looking, hoping, waiting, anticipating that trumpet to sound. I'll say one last thing, and I... Actually, I have more than one last thing, but this will be one of the last things of the last things. I think this is the problem in the church today. I'm talking about Christians. They're too comfortable here in this world, and they don't long for the next. And that's why whenever you talk to brothers and sisters in Christ about the rapture and how excited you are and how exciting Bible prophecy is, and how you're just waiting for that trumpet to sound any time, and you get to go home and you long for His appearing, as Paul says to Timothy, and they look at you with that look like, you just want to escape. To which I, uh, <laughs> I used to be really militant when someone said that to me. I'm, I'm calming down in my older age. I don't have the energy anymore, but... Did you just say, I I want to escape? You think? What, you don't want to escape? You you want to be here? See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. I'm out of here. I don't want to be here. Have you seen, have you read what happens during the seven-year tribulation? I want to go home. And as I look at what's happening in Israel, to Israel, in America, to America, I just realized, you know what? (laughs) Not much longer now. Lord, come quickly. This is why it is that we do these prophecy updates. This is why it is that at the end of these prophecy updates, we share the good news, the gospel of salvation in Jesus Christ. It's also why We share the ABCs of salvation, which is a childlike, simple explanation of how to be saved. What is the gospel? What does the word gospel mean? It means good news. Your debt has been paid. You're free to go. Good news. That's what the word gospel means. What debt? Oh, uh, the sin debt. What's the sin debt? Oh, it's the death penalty. And it's been paid for you. The bad news is, is that we've all been sentenced to death because of our sin. The good news is, is that Jesus Christ came, he was crucified, he was buried, and he rose again on the third day, and it gets better, (laughs) he's coming back one day. That's the good news. That's the blessed hope. Now, before we get to the ABCs of salvation, I need to do this, if you'll just bear with me, for the benefit of our online church, because we still get 
people emailing us saying, send me, email me the template for the ABCs of salvation cards. Now, uh, if you're wondering why you haven't received an email, that's because we're not going to send you an email with the template for the ABCs of Salvation cards. You have to go to our website, calvarychapelconeoa.com, and go to the ABCs of Salvation page and download the PDF file and then have them printed. We continue to upload the ABCs of Salvation in a variety of formats and in a number of translated foreign languages. So go to the website for the ABCs of Salvation. Why do we do the ABCs of Salvation every week? Two reasons. Number one, people are getting saved from all over the world. We continue on a weekly basis receiving reports, emails, comments from people all over the world that share how they shared the ABCs and led people to Christ, and they share their testimonies. Japan, the Middle East, I love the Middle East ones, especially for obvious reasons. All over the world, people are coming to Christ with a simple explanation, a childlike simple explanation of the ABCs of salvation. It is so simple. It is childlike simple. The second reason is to equip you with something that can embolden you to share the gospel. I think the number one fear that we have as Christians is to share the gospel. We're afraid that they're going to reject us. They're not rejecting us. And besides that, that's not on us. The seed upon, the soil upon which the seed falls is not our responsibility. Sometimes that seed's going to fall on hard soil. Sometimes it's going to fall on supple soil. All we have to do is just broadcast the seed, share the gospel. So what are the ABCs? The A is for admit that you're a sinner. Acknowledge your need for the Savior. Romans 3.10 says there is no one righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23 says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death. That's the death penalty. But here's the good news. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the A. Here's the B. The B is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. This is Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And here's the C lastly. It's for call upon the name of the Lord, or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And lastly, Romans ten thirteen, it says, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I want to answer one last question. The question is asked, Pastor J.D., why don't you do the you know, traditional invitation, altar call, where you have people come forward, and then you have them repeat after you 
the prayer of salvation. Why don't you do that? Nothing wrong with that. I've got to be careful when I say this because I don't want you to get the wrong impression. Um, there's nothing magical, for lack of a better word, about the prayer you pray. Okay, It's not a formula. By the way, did you know that Muslims have a prayer similar to a counterfeit of what we refer to affectionately as the salvation prayer? When you want to convert to Islam, you actually have a recited prayer. Maybe that's why I'm uh, not a big fan of reciting a prayer. I didn't come to Christ that way. I just cried out. My words were not even words. They were more like tears. And again, nothing wrong with that. I know a lot of people have come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ that way. And praise the Lord if that's how you came to Christ. But it's from the heart. It's a prayer from the heart. Lord, I'm a sinner, man. I have sinned. I need the Savior. I believe in you. I'm putting my trust in you for the forgiveness of my sins. Lord, forgive me of my sins. I accept your payment in full for my sins. You're calling out to the Lord when you do that, and you're confessing with your mouth when you do that. And the promise is on the authority of God's word that you will, not might, could, should, will be saved. That's how I got saved. It wasn't a, it wasn't much of a prayer at all. You'll forgive me again. I'm, I'm really, this will be the last, last thing. Okay. So, and I'm not proud of this, but when I, prayed and called upon the name of the Lord and was saved. It was a cold January night on the mainland in 1982. And I was really intoxicated. I was really high. And my prayer was, I mean, really slurred. (laughs) It was like, I don't want to go to hell. That was was my prayer. Literally, I prayed, I don't want to go to hell. Because ACDC told me that I'm on the highway to hell. And I was. I want to go to heaven. I remember the prayer actually, because it's something I learned when I was a kid. I want to drink from the water of everlasting life. That was the only thing I knew. And I just prayed that. And I fell asleep praying and calling upon the name of the Lord. And I woke up that next morning and I was a new creation in Christ. And those old things had passed away. Those things that I could never start my day without. Yeah, let's clap again. Yeah, yeah. So I could never start my day without alcohol, tobacco, and drugs. And that next morning, when I went to reach for that stuff, the Holy Spirit indwelling me said, you don't need that anymore. And I never looked back, and that was over 37 years ago. And it had to be simple, and it had to be just that I call upon the name of the Lord. It couldn't be complicated, because if it were complicated, I would have never got saved. You could count me out. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. 
The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough, you can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in His love.